powered by Sports Interaction, Canada Sportsbook. Think you know what way it's going to go? Make your bet with Sports Interaction. Whether it's hockey, football, or basketball, Sports Interaction has you covered. Bet pregame, live in play, or in one of our many prop bets. Sports Interaction makes it easy to deposit, play, and cash out. Join now and see all that sports betting has to offer. Want to bet? Head to sportsinteraction.com SDPN. Steve Dangle Podcast Network. That's sportsinteraction.com slash SDPN. 19 plus, please play responsibly. Hello, friends, and welcome. Welcome to Game Over Vancouver. If it feels like we haven't done this in a while, it's because we haven't done this in a while. The Canucks play their first game in a week and a half. And it was an exciting game, I must admit. Maybe I must have really missed Canucks hockey. But yes, they lose 5-4 in a thrilling, pretty thrilling game. As thrilling as a Canucks-Devils game can be. A thrilling game to the New Jersey Devils, 5-4. The Canucks lose in overtime. Uh, you know, I had mixed emotions as I was watching this. I wasn't sure if I wanted them to win. I wasn't sure if I wanted them to lose. Is it good that they got one point? Is it bad? But I'm going to bring in a guest to help me talk about all of that in a couple of minutes. But first and foremost, welcome. I missed you. I hope you've missed me, not just me, but us. It's great to be back. And you get four Canucks games this week. Tonight, Wednesday, Thursday, and Saturday. Me, then Kaya, then Sam, and then me again on Saturday. So as we get started, make sure, and forgive me if I'm a little rusty. It has been a couple of weeks. Make sure that you like this video right away on YouTube, on the SDPN's uh, Steve Dangle Podcast Network, right on the channel. Make sure you like the video Make sure you subscribe as well so you not only get these notifications about these live streams, but you also get all of the good SDPN content. So like, subscribe. You can also do the same for me. I am Canuck Clay, Clay Emo, Canuck Clay right here on YouTube. Also Canuck Clay on Twitter. This is how it's going to work tonight. We are going to go for the first segment. We're going to break down this game. Then for the second segment, we're going to talk about where do the Canucks go from here? What do we want as fans to happen for the rest of the season, the last 30 games or so? And then finally, as the third segment, we love to do, get to your questions and answers. But I'm not alone. You, I've heard you loud and clear. You guys just don't want to stare at me for a half an hour. You do that on my own show on Monday night. I mean, not Monday nights, every night. Today is Monday. But I, you can do that on my own show. Today, I'm thrilled to bring in a guest, someone who I've talked to before. I've been on their show but I haven't had this particular person in with me. So I love for you to give a warm SDPN welcome to my friend, Teddy Wong. Teddy, come on in. Hey, bud, how are you? Good, man. How are you doing? I am doing great. Can you please tell everyone who you are, where they can follow you, and, and what you do when it ter- in terms of creating content? Uh, yeah. So, I mean, you said it earlier, Teddy Wong. So you can find me at T3. So T-E-E-3-R-E-E. Um, gets tossed around as T3-RE a lot. So whatever works for you. Um, I'm the the second wheel, so to speak, on uh, the PP1 podcast. So myself and Ryan Hank, who, uh, you know, we've, we've had you on a couple of times and, and spent some time chopping it up a little bit over the years. So um, yeah, we, we, we hit the podcast once a week pretty religiously. I think we've we've probably missed maybe four shows over the course of the last three seasons. So wow. it's been pretty consistent. Uh, we've had some, a lot of fun guests off for the last little bit. And 
Um, you know, as we first started doing the show, we kind of thought to ourselves that it's going to be difficult to do this every week. And then, <laughs> and then as you get going and, and, and I think we know better than anybody is, as Canucks fans, uh, <laughs> that there's just always something to talk about this team. It never, it never ends the carousel of news that goes on. So yeah, you can find us there at the PP one cut podcast, um, uh, Crier Media Network. I think Ryan's doing a lot of stuff with blogging out there. We've moved over just recently from the Dean Blundell Network. So mm-hmm. yeah, lots going on uh, in the next little bit here, but uh, that's that's definitely where you can find us. Awesome. Thrilled you're here. And yes, uh, I've been on your show, had Ryan on this particular show earlier this year, and then now to have you on here to, to complete it. It's awesome. So yes, T-E-E-3-R-E-E on Twitter, as well as the PP1 podcast. Okay, Teddy, I know um, I was able to get home from work on time. I think you got you caught at least the second half of the game. Just your impressions. Uh, 5-4 victory. We can talk about what we actually wanted to happen, but what did you think from what you saw of the first uh, their first effort coming out of this long break? Uh, so, yeah, I actually managed to get home enough to, to, to catch the game, and I missed the last half of the third period of this time, so it was a little bit off. off opposite of what we initial thought was right. going to happen but uh yeah i mean i i i it's different now right we're in kind of a, a weird spot with this team so i i think you kind of alluded to it earlier i'm not really sure what my expectations are i think we're kind of looking for and i hate to use those moral victories but i'm looking for little <laughs> victories with this squad um you know are, are we seeing uh you know guys do the right things are we seeing you know back checking happening what's the effort level you know guys who don't regularly get shifts trying out on new lines you know joshua for example you know what do they look like so to start this game i i think clearly overmatched by this this young sort of up-and-coming devil squad but but they look pretty good I feel like the jump was there I think like you know you can tell that these guys are looking back to the bench trying to play for their coaches Mm. um, and some pretty big names that are sitting on that bench too so to start the game it was good it was nothing like what was going on in that Calgary Rangers game that was crazy that was insane but I do like the level of physicality that those guys are having especially in the first period I think they 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 tried to come out with some gumption and Paul themselves a first goal too. So, uh, and man, it was nice. That Kuzmenko goal guy, that guy just has incredible hands. And I watched myself, you know, keeping an eye on him thinking to myself that like, yeah, I remember when Brock used to do stuff like that. And I, <laughs> I almost like, uh, I'm thinking to myself, like, I, I don't even remember, even though Besser had a great shot in that yeah. first period that didn't go in. I, I don't even remember the last time I saw Brock do stuff like that. And it's nice to see, at least somebody in Kuzmenko pulling off stuff like that for sure. Oh, that's a really good point, man. And and we, you know, we've talked about in resigning Kuzmenko for another two years. It's almost mm-hmm. like Kuzmenko has replaced Brock as PD's wingman yeah. for sure. And you're right. I agree with you. There was a great start coming out. And, you know, under the Rick Talkett era, it's been tough because they beat two teams that they should beat in Chicago and Columbus. Yeah. Then they got wiped by Seattle. And you think New Jersey's closer to Seattle's caliber. So I was a little bit worried, but you're you're right. They played him straight up. They they played him even. That first goal, nice. Pedersen behind the net to Shen up to Kuzmenko and that beautiful outside-in move. And yeah, and even, and I know you play and you, you've watched so much, even for him to make that move, yet still be confident enough not to go backhand to keep it away from Hamilton, but actually to keep it on his forehand and snap it by. Beautiful goal. Beautiful goal. Yeah. I, I thought that after he went, so he went sort of dangle on, on Hamilton you know, pulls it back to his forehand, like you said. And I thought that he was going to go backhand one more time. Me too. So, and and for him to sort of drag and then take that shot from like the inside, or sorry, yeah, the inside foot to 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 go high on him. I just, I wasn't, I wasn't expecting that at all. And I don't think the goaltender was either. So it was, yeah, it was a cheeky little shot. It was a cheeky little dangle. And, and to do it against a guy like Doug, Dougie Hamilton, I mean, yeah. that guy is no slouch. So nobody was, uh, there's no need to teach uh, Kuzmenko how to Dougie. 
<laughs> nicely done nicely done actually that was very good and then uh i don't like to talk about opposition goals that much but then you basically had hughes uh, making sure that the devils were not down going into the the first intermission and then three oh my gosh three goals in 50 seconds now i, I gotta tell you something ted the the canucks started the game with um hughes and bear oel shen and then stillman myers but then for some reason they went to oel myers and they were, I'm not blaming them specifically. Well, I actually, I am blaming Myers for the plat goal because he basically just gave it to him. But yeah, uh, the, that combo of Oyel Myers and actually Petey Beauvillier and Kuzmeko were on for the first, the, for both the plat goals. That was kind of a strange turn of events to start the second. Yeah, it was really weird. I, and I think I probably would chalk that up to, and because we're not going to see stuff like that happen very often, just yeah. in any game in the National Hockey League, let alone you know, what went on tonight, but it was weird watching it go on. And especially after what's happened over the last, like, you know, three, four years to have patience with it. Yeah. Um, and I think that the club probably has to have patience with things like that are happening too. And I think that gives talk it a really good opportunity to sort of break down some tape and actually have some tape with the guys while he's trying to install his new defensive system. Right. So there's, there's going to be breakdowns. We're going to see stuff like that happen. I think guys start to run around a little bit when they get lost in the system and they don't know where they're supposed to be. Yeah. Um, and that's almost inevitable, right? So I think it's okay. I think, you know, guys like Foot and Gonchar and Talkit are really going to hammer this stuff home over the next few practices. And I don't think anybody is just going to get lit up over the next little bit like they should be if they understand the system perfectly because they don't. I think it's just still too new. And and again, I, I think I'm going to have patience for this type of stuff because it's for the right reasons right now. And 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 yeah, it happened. And I think we're okay with that. Uh, great point. And then Jack, yeah. So then you get those five guys off. And then I think it becomes uh, Stillman and either Bear or Shen. And then it was the Garland-Miller uh, line. And then they get kind of walked in their own end as well. And then Hugh scores to make it three goals in 50 seconds. And I don't know about you, but... Um, I, I never cheer against the Canucks. My my community has come around and at least convinced me that this might be the one year where you might not want to win every game. But at 4-1, <laughs> there, if you told me that we'd actually tie it up and get a point, there's no way. After seeing that the, that minute of play, I wasn't feeling so great. And thank God I hadn't eat, started eating my dinner yet. I don't know about you. <laughs> <laughs> no, so I was well into dinner at that point. So... Uh... <laughs> So it is what it is, but like, it's, it's strange, right? So I mean, I, if, if you and I go on Twitter, yep. uh, because we, you know, I love Canucks Twitter, but it can also be a cesspool, right? So if you, you and I go on to Canucks Twitter in, in the middle of a, a, a three goal outburst over the period of a few minutes, like as much time as it takes you to get from your car to your couch. <laughs> um, and I saw that on a couple of tweets, like Dan Mackles was one, like I left the parking lot and got home and it was three, nothing. Right. So, or they'd added three goals. So I think if we had seen that, in any other scenario, probably over the last 10 years, because it's been all about making the playoffs. It's been all about, you know, the retool used in a different context than this regime. Yeah. I think people would have been pissed, right? I mean, it would have been, <laughs> Twitter would have been on fire. Like it would have been a bad, bad scene. And that's not what the case was this time around. Yeah. So it's, things are different now. And I, 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 for the first time in a long time, I'm, I'm starting to feel that as a Canucks fan, that, that things are changing. I don't know where they're going yet. Yeah. But for the first time in a while, I think they're sort of leaving an identity behind. Yeah. Um, because we haven't known what this team's plan is for a very long, long time. But we're, I think we're starting to see some of that come to fruition now. Awesome. And a great teaser, Teddy, for, for the second segment. So we'll hold that thought. So if I told you that uh, New Jersey went up 4-1 by the middle of the game, <laughs> yeah. and then I told you the Canucks tied it up, but not Petey, Kuzmenko, Besser, Miller, Hughes. The three goal, goal scores would be Shen, Lazar, and Phil DiGiuseppe. <laughs> <laughs> 
<laughs> yeah, I mean, I uh, I'd probably take the under. Yeah. Uh, that would be that'd probably be a hell of a prop bet. That's yeah. for sure. Um, uh, we we will quit quit our jobs. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, you got so you got a guy like Di Giuseppe. Whenever I think that, I think of pizza for yes. some reason. Just quickly, of course. Um, but you got a guy like Di Giuseppe, sort of a you know a, a quality AHL veteran. He's a little bit older. You know, you you um, you see a guy like that getting benched uh, or or being a healthy scratch, mostly yeah. due to numbers games. You don't really you know, oftentimes, and I hate to say this, but coaches don't really feel bad about benching a younger veteran that may not have a whole lot left to show from a development standpoint. So it's good when you see those guys out there, pop a couple goals. We're hoping that helps him get his next NHL contract. And I've been pretty happy with DJ Seppi over the last little while here. I think he's got kind of a bum deal when it's come to call-ups and injury luck and things like that over the last little bit yeah. um, for the last couple of years. Um, and then you see Shen get a goal and you can always feel good about that. I mean, being a Kelowna boy living out here in the Okanagan, I mean, there's a lot of love for a guy like Luke Shen. Um, so anytime that guy scores and we know that it's just going to up his trade value too. So you can't, you know, help, but feel good about that if they do indeed decide to trade him. Um, you know, and, and then the third goal, it was Lazar's second. He had one and they said in the, in the, the telecast that yeah. uh, he'd had one called back earlier this year. And you love that, the way that guy plays the game and he's out there and it's physical. And it's nice to see guys like this get rewarded, especially when you see uh, a player like PD on a break hit a post oh. um, or, or, or see the, the Kuzmenko goal that just is all kinds of filthiness when it comes to skill. So yeah. I'm okay with the, the grinded out stuff and the grinded out guys, because those guys deserve to be, um, they deserve to be getting some praise too. And this system that talk it plays under those guys are going to be really important for us down the road. So yeah. nice to see them get some of that. Well said, then I'm not sure. So were you with your kids or not? Were you eating still? You didn't get to see the overtime or you did? So I saw the overtime, but I missed the, I missed the, I think it was the Shen goal that was late in the third, right? So I missed the game tying goal was okay. the only one that I didn't get to see. Okay. So no problem. So we saw an overtime, Sharon Govich, which is funny because I actually work with a lady named Sharon Go. So Sharon Govich <laughs> uh, slashes, hooks, trips Miller. Miller looks back yeah. while the play is going on. No call. Then Kuzmenko, which I guess it was a hook considering his stick got stuck in the guy's sweater. <laughs> So Kuzmenko's off. And then, by the way, is there a rule where if the game had gone to shootout, that Kuzmenko wouldn't be able to sh uh, be in it because he's in the penalty box at the end of overtime? I'm I, I don't know. I mean, yeah. there's a ton of people I can see in, in, in your chat room. Maybe somebody can help us yeah. out in there. But I honestly have no idea. I, I would... I, I would feel like you still you're still eligible to shoot or eligible as a shooter, but I yeah I, I that's just what don't my know, son honestly. Sean said. Yeah. He yeah, as soon as he took the penalty, he goes, "Oh great, because if we don't get to, if we get to shoot out, then he can't shoot." So yeah, if anyone knows in the chat exactly, there's 40 of you in here. Thank you. Make sure you hit the like button. Only seven likes. You guys know my 50 percent rule. Let's get that up to 20. I'll give some love to SDPN and to Teddy and myself. But let's talk about that. Was it inevitable that New Jersey was going to score? They already have so much talent, and then open ice, four on three. Colin Delia doing whatever he could, but you just go side to side enough on the Canucks, and you're going to score. Yeah, I mean they do a good job of making the goalies move cross crease, right? I mean, I think as us as fans watching the Canucks play, we're hoping for that that side to side movement, and we don't really see it as often as we'd like to. I think yeah. the one trigger man, the scary trigger man, is obviously is obviously Petey. Um, you know, if he's, if he's going to shoot it, he might shoot it. If there's a defender there just to chop some legs, which is also fine, but yeah, they do, a, they do such a good job over there in, in New Jersey. And I think that, you know, between Brat and Hughes, there's just yeah. Sharon Govich, even there's a lot of dynamic players on that side. So I think in an overtime scenario, you're probably okay. Like, I think we match up favorably versus a team like New Jersey, because I think high end skill wise, mm. we have that right. Um, 
but 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 losing Kuzmenko on on part of that penalty is yeah. is obviously an issue. That's a big chunk gone. Um, we don't want to see the bottom six out there trying to to, to pot a goal. But uh, I wouldn't say it was inevitable watching New Jersey score. But yeah. I mean, yeah, I mean, it, it it wasn't a good look once the penalty happened. I think it was it was probably not looking great for us at that point. Cool. And one last thing, and we'll wrap up this part of the the show, Teddy. Anthony Beauvillier, uh, no points, minus mm-hmm. two, because that line was on the on the ice for actually the first three New Jersey goals. They're on the line, obviously, on the ice for Kuzmenko's goal. Minus two, two shots, two hits, uh, 18 minutes of ice time, including a minute and a half on the power play. I actually thought those stats don't sound great, but I, to me, at least in the first period, and the, the second, he was very noticeable. I think he's a pretty good skater. He's not the fastest guy I've ever seen, but he knows, he you can see, he can get to the open areas. He He's pretty responsible defensively. I think the whole line just got kind of um, caught up a little bit. So what did you think of Beauvillier's first Canucks game? Uh, I mean, I think he was as advertised. I don't yeah. think anybody was sort of listing him to be a world beater, but um, <laughs> I, I like the speed. I think he was, you can tell he's a talented player and he's got, he's got some, some great wheels out there. And it kind of reminded me a little bit of watching Yannick Hansen skate around to a certain extent. Mm. Um, but I mean, yeah, couple of shots. I think the one that I really noticed and probably we all noticed was that miss shot coming down on the near side. <laughs> I think you got to hit the net on that, at least play for a rebound because to miss, to miss wide or short side wide. Yeah. And then to have the puck rim around like that, that turned into a, a huge breakaway and, and a huge back check, strangely <laughs> enough. Um, Thank God you know, Jack was at the end of a shift. eh? <laughs> yeah. Which could have been really ugly, but I think, I mean, you're 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 a first rounder. You've got some skill. You've had people lean on you from an offensive standpoint. You're a former twenty goal scorer. Yeah. It's at a point in the game where you got to hit the net. Yeah. Right. Like I think you got to go low post if you're not going to have a high percentage shot. You're trying to pick a corner. Yeah. You know, go pad it out and hope for a rebound or something like that. Yeah. But you can't you can't miss a shot on that one. So other than that, I would say pretty strong game from Bovillia. And I think there's probably a lot that we're gonna have to see um from him over the next little bit for for this to be successful and i'm kind of hoping that it turns into a little bit of a connor garland project when talk had garland in phoenix and maybe he could do something like that for bovilia's game well said and kaya my co-host on here kaya's hosting on wednesday she comes through and says all players are eligible to participate in the shootout unless they are serving a 10-minute misconduct or being assessed a game misconduct or a match penalty so thank you kaya for rest rescuing ted and me ted that's good that's a good wrap-up of this uh exciting admittedly 5-4 defeat yeah but i think uh let's let's shift now um our view to the the final 30 games of the season so i'm supposed to pause for two seconds because i have to put in an ad at this spot so we'll take a, a quick breath all right so we've seen so much happen the bovillier for horvat trade there's other pieces Boudreaux getting uh, can Rick Tockett coming in. Now he's two and two. And then now Mikheyev, Pearson, and and then all these guys, uh, Peterson gone, lost to waivers, Horvat gone, mm-hmm. bunch of new bodies, like one third of the, the forwards were new. What do you want to happen? And what do you expect from the Canucks over the final third of the season? And maybe they're the same answer. Maybe they're not. Uh, okay. Yeah. So like a little bit to unpack there, even though it's just really a two-part question, right? I think what I want to happen is I I don't want to just see this team become complacent with losing and, and, and just be like, okay, well, we're, we're a decimated teams in terms of injuries and skill Mm -hmm. right now. We're, we're in a rebuilding phase, so it's okay to lose. I don't want to see any of that. I want to see, you know, 
talk it really holding these guys to the fire and saying, Hey, I, you know, it's important that we play the right way. Right. Yeah. I think uh, they're doing a good job of that um, in, in Abbotsford right now. I think, you know, Jeremy Colleton's got those guys sort of running uh, even after a bit of a losing streak, running around playing the correct way. Right. And I think that showed in some of the call-ups that have had to come up. I mean, Pug Colson's game tonight was, was really good. He looked like a different player um, than he did in the earlier part of the season. So, Let's make sure that the 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 good habits are staying intact. We're not going to win every game. Hey, let's steal a couple. Not too many that it's going to make us have a bad draft pick. Um, <laughs> but let's steal a couple and just make sure that we're on track for for next year, right? I think the second thing that needs to happen is, you know, I want to see I want to see cups of good coffee from guys like you know Linus Carlson. I want to you know what happens with Aiden McDonough. It would be great to see he him come up if he decides to to sign out of the NCAA and and play. I think he's obviously going to get his eight or nine games, right? Uh, I want to see uh, what Nils Oman does. And I was thankful to see him called up as well. And and, and mm-hmm. let's see if Pug Colson and Hoaglander have progressed with their time in the AHL. So we're not at a space anymore where we have to give guys like the De Giuseppes of the world time in this roster because we're in a commitment to win. Yep. So let's now commit to developing this roster and the young, the young players that exist within it. Well, you're so mature, man. I, I knew that about you already. You're a fun guy, but you're also very mature. Do you think, though, so I agree with everything you said. I also uh, kind of admitted that I wasn't sure what I wanted. Then the Canucks scored first. Kuzmenko scores that beauty. I'm cheering like crazy. Then the Canucks go down 4-1. I said, okay, well, even if they make it 4-3, there's no way they're going to get any points. Then they tie it up. and like, okay, now they got a point. Now, now that because they got one, do I want them to get both for their confidence? Or does this mean that it's going to be harder to fall in the bottom five, which I've never said before in my entire life? You know me, Teddy. So I'm so confused. Do you think, I love the way you put it, structure, habits, cup, get some guys some playing time. Do you think that most Canucks fans are mature enough to see it that way, truly? Or do you think they're like, tank no matter what uh, and and they don't they kind of forget that there's professional pride here by the coaches especially on the players i don't know uh i if if this was the plan from the start of the year i think if we had to sit through 82 games of this i, I don't think fans would be interested in that yeah. I, I mean i think there was a time when they would have been interested in that but that wouldn't have come after the regime was saying that we're pushing for the playoffs and this is a playoff roster right when you tell people one thing and then you produce a completely different thing and that's a classic case of 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 over promise and under deliver right mm-hmm. and i think we need to be in that mode of under promise and over deliver and i think that comes with with having these younger players in the roster and 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 yeah i think i'm okay and i think the majority of people are mature enough to understand that over a 30 game stretch what are we looking here for we're yeah. we're looking for some development we're probably going to see a lot of losses and i think that comes with setting expectations and i think that the club has done a good job of setting the expectations of what the next 30 games are going to look like so the fans yeah. are prepared the fair weather fans are prepared the <laughs> hardcore fans are prepared the content creators are all prepared for this and we've been waiting for it for a long time and i think over a 30 game span i think i think losing is going to be fine I, you know i would like to see you know maybe another 10 or 12 wins comes out of this but it wouldn't surprise me um you know if they stole a couple of games from a couple of good teams because that's what vancouver does yeah um but you know just be patient with this club and i think you know for the most part after uh after winter is coming in 10 long years i think people are people are ready for some sort of change and this has obviously been ushered in yeah well said and you know what's interesting teddy you know that i have a couple sets of uh, season tickets that we own and we either give away or we sell but surprisingly we haven't had trouble selling tickets this season. I think because of the style that this team plays and I think exactly what you're getting at, there is still um, an appetite from this fan base to see good hockey 
and, and wins and you never know who's going to beat who on any given night. So yeah, I, I, all to say, I'm, it was politely surprised to, and it's not like I, we'd have to like fire sale or give away our tickets all the time. I, mm-hmm. I, we'll see if that lasts for the final two months of the season, but maybe the flying skate will help with a little bit. I don't know, <laughs> but I know for me, um, when I'm there, uh, there's no conflict when I'm there. I want them to win because it doesn't matter sure. how much time, energy or money you, someone spends. That's up to you. I would never judge another fan, but when I'm sitting there, I, I want them to win. It's when I'm sitting here uh, watching an away game, talking to someone like you who's pretty smart, or just kind of watching Bedard and Fantilli highlights. I kind of say, okay, maybe, <laughs> maybe this is the year where I'm okay. I'm okay if, as long as it doesn't get uh, destructive or, as you mentioned, or just uh, a negative atmosphere around the team. Yeah, the destructive thing that can't be a that can't be a part of it. And yeah, and we don't really see that when when, it, when we're bums in the seats, right? Yeah. We just want to see a good product, but I mean, when, when we're following the day-to-day, I think we can sort of tell with this team when things are getting destructive, right? I mean, it's kind of that's where there's smoke, there's fire thing. And we do hear about it a little bit. Vancouver is a really chatty city. Um, <laughs> you know, the people, the people here know their hockey and I, it's, yeah. it's, it's tough to, um, to fault anybody for, for knowing and understanding what's going on in the team, but also wanting them to play well too, right? I think yeah. playing well and having to win are two different things. Um, because you can get some ugly wins without playing well, right? But the mm-hmm. squad is just it, it's just a little different now. So it's uh, I'm, I'm glad to see I was there for a game um, t- December 10th to to check them out. It was a loss, which who did actually they play? Seen, I, uh, I want to say it was Minnesota. Yeah. Yes, it was Minnesota. Right. Uh, it was a loss. Actually, I don't I don't think they scored. I think it was like four nothing. Yeah, we got Minnesota. Sh- yes. Yeah, yeah. So it was ugly, but I think you know the product on the ice is enough. Uh, yeah. Even even in a loss, I think. You know the atmosphere in the arena is 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 not bad. The the fans weren't being crazy or anything like that. Mm-hmm. Um, so it, as long as I think people can tell when effort's not being given, right? Yeah, and and yeah. that's when I think fans started to turn on this team a little bit was when they saw the effort level. JT Miller has seen that over the last little bit here, right? And I think even he's corrected his game to a certain extent from that standpoint. Yeah, he was diving tonight. <laughs> yeah, I, yeah, you're right. I caught that. Um, but just effort level, right? If the effort's there, I think people are just generally going to be forgiving of that. So, yeah. yeah. And I, I love uh, Wolf Girl says this, talk about the flying skate. At least with the flying skate, they will lose in style. Yeah, it does look really good. I'm, I'm, a, I'm a big fan for sure. And we'll get yeah. to your, well, sorry, go ahead, Ted. Oh no, no, I, I, I'm just agreeing. At least they're gonna, at least they're gonna look good. Yeah, absolutely. Just like we do too. So I, we're gonna get to your questions, uh, friends, in about five minutes or so. Continue to chat with Teddy Wong of the PP One Podcast. Okay, so let's. Uh, we're not talking about this game now. We're talking about in general. There's been so much noise. Is this is the first time I've yeah, I've heard that kind of uh, noun to to explain everything that's happened? But there is noise around this team. Do you think? Uh, yeah, I don't like to work in hypotheticals too much, but it, it's always fun. Do you okay. need the Canucks make any more major moves before the end of the season? Whether it's, you know, the other three UFAs, Kuzmenko would resign, Horvat's gone, they're still Shen. Is it trying to remove one of the, the glut of Fords and, and Besser, Garland, McKay, maybe not McKay, but Besser, Garland? What do you think happens over the next, uh, let's say, the next month up to the trade deadline, if anything? The noise comment is funny, and I can only ever think back of like reading like, like the Grinch who stole Christmas and he's talking about all the noise that he's hearing down in Whoville and you can't think, but you know, the Grinch has got some master plan, um, you know, in the back of his, his mind there. And, and I think that the plan is to try to move some more salary out. I Wait, think. who are you calling the Grinch, Ted? The, the Grinch is, it's gotta be Canucks management in this, in this scenario. Right. The plan has to be to move more money, right? There's just, I mean, Bo left, 
and and somehow against all odds we have more money committed to the to to the roster than we did at that point for for next year so there 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 is trouble on the horizon if they don't look at trying to move money now I don't know how on earth they're going to move a contract like OEL. Obviously there's going to be buyouts that have to happen. I think that there's probably a market for a guy like Miller. That's what all the chatter is that we're sort of hearing on the radio. The other guy would be obviously Besser. Um, (laughs) But that contract hurts, man. Like I I think it's just, it's, it's tough to offload. And I think we have to ask ourselves as fans because the, the, the management group is obviously saying this is probably going to have to be something that goes back to the other way, or it's going to be money capped or so when we see a trade like that, I think people have to be prepared that it's probably not going to be the optimum return. You were thinking you were going to get for a Brock Besser that you were thinking about the four year ago version of, right. Right. Like it's, it's just, that's not where he is. I think he's just been, he's been minimized part in part because of what's going on with Kuzmenko as well. So I think moving money out has to happen. I'd probably say, I'd say there's at least one more trade in the works. I, I really feel, and even though there's been talk that, that Shen might stay, I think you have to capitalize on getting something for Shen. Uh, you know, is it going to be a fourth? Is it going to, I don't think it's going to be a second. That seems sort of out of reach for yes, us. And, I think so. But, but I think you have to start, you have to start accumulating those lottery tickets, right? I mean, we've got, we've gone and given so many of them up over the last couple of years that they need to restock on that. So picks for futures, offload some salary. And I would even say that moving money right now would be bigger than acquiring picks. Um, Yeah. But that those have got to be the two things that happened. I'd say one deal at least. I'm hoping for two. It's a possibility that three even go awry. Well, you should become a GM today, and I would never call you the Grinch if you were. So don't worry <laughs> about that. Wait, <laughs> right, two last questions, and then we'll turn it over to the people. Uh, but both sure. very relevant. Number one, um, Hughes and PD are named alternate captains along mm-hmm. with Miller and OEL. That means Myers. I don't want to say stripped. It sounds too dramatic. But Myers is no longer an alternate captain. Let's not talk about Myers. Let's talk about. Uh, Hughes and Petey. Is this, to me, this is a good move to see which one kind of steps up. They weren't sure if it's going to be Petey. They were not sure if it's going to be Hughes. I do think it'd be one of those two guys named for next season, but is this a way to kind of assess them out and see who kind of elevates uh, to that role? Yeah, I, I do. I think, I think it's, uh, I think oftentimes you, you sort of look at your squad and sometimes your best players are your best leaders and not maybe because they're raw, raw guys or, 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 or grab the team, you know, by the haunches and drag him into a fight verbally team guy. Right. I mean, sometimes it's a quiet guy like, like Pedersen who just have that sort of death dagger stare that, that Ryan often talks about on our show. Um, <laughs> I think this sort of appeases the fan base too. I think they want to see these guys step up, but I do think it's too much to, to apply to these guys so early. I don't, you know, we were in a weird spot. If you look back to, you know, when Hank, was named captain. Yeah. We didn't know that it was going to be Hank. And if you remember, everybody was talking about it possibly being Ryan Kessler's team. That's right. Uh, and there was a bunch of A's on that squad too. And, 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 you know, Hank was an A and eventually the, the team lent towards its best player, which was Henrik. And he ended up being a wonderful captain for this team for, for many years. Um, you know, the second scenario was, was Bo. I felt like from the minute he was drafted and what he was doing in London to when he became a Canuck, everybody knew that he was going to be the captain, but they didn't give it to him right away. Right. They took some time, gave him an A, let him go a season or so without it before naming him the captain and sort of doing it in grand style. And he did a good job. Right. Mm-hmm. I mean, so I don't see any, anything wrong with taking time, 
uh, for a guy who's not a veteran like Henrik was in his role when he was named captain and more of a, a, a an up-and-coming player like Bo was in his time coming up as captain. And I think they can do the same thing with a Pedersen or a Hughes. And whoever one of those guys steps up and take it, I'm really going to be okay with that because it probably means it was the right person. Yeah. You know, and ultimately, I just want to see this team win. And I don't really care who's on it if they're winning and there's a captain, right? I mean, we're probably going to be good. <laughs> Actually, Teddy, you are so good. Are you cool if I keep you for five to ten minutes overtime for tonight? Is that cool? Yeah, that's that's good. Yeah, I, I can stick on for for like another, you know, like 15, 20 minutes Perfect. or something like that. No worries. What, I'll ask me. I'll ask you this one last question. Then, because of my free Zoom account, I'm gonna boot you out and then bring you back in if that makes sense. And we'll do our third segment. Make sense? You got it, man. All right. So for this last question, and then we'll turn it over to people. So everyone in the chat, there's now sixty of you in here. We're growing very quickly so thank you last question um there's a i listened to the whole thing a, a really good interview with Pedersen on the 32 thoughts podcast he talked about uh he told elliot friedman and jeff merrick that he is happy in vancouver that he's looking forward to more leadership and that jt miller is a hothead no he he said he's hot-headed he didn't call him the ver uh, the noun hothead he used the verb hot-headed but he basically said uh i respect him as a teammate uh, we don't always uh, see eye to eye. He acknowledged their differences in speculation, but that they can coexist. Um, mm -hmm. To you, is Petey the next captain? Are we already seeing leadership material? Or would you like the more maybe articulate Quinn Hughes, but the less emotional? Like Of those two guys, we, we kind of talked about it already. Who could you see step up? I, I mean... I don't think we've seen enough from, from Quinn yet to, to make that decision, but I do think we've seen glimpses from Petey. Yeah. Um, and I like that... I don't really know like an eloquent way to put this. I like that he can be a bit of an ass. Like yeah. I like that he toys with the media a little bit. I like that he glares at people. I like that he's got a death stare, right? I mean, I, I think the comments on, on JT Miller, I think shows probably a level of maturity there. I think if you unpack that comment saying that, you know, your highest paid player is a hothead or can be hotheaded. You're the only person I know that points out now. So that's really cool. Um, if you, if you point out that that he can be hot-headed and that we don't always agree on everything, I mean, that's kind of what you want when you're in a, real, a leadership role, right? So if you have guys that are working along with you that will challenge you on things or allow you to see a different perspective, it's not good that you always agree on things because if things are going poor and you all agree on the same thing, where does the change come from? Yeah. So it's, it's no doubt that whether Miller wears an A or not, he's going to be part of that leadership group. And I think if he's, if he's a guy that obviously PD is talking to about things they agree and disagree on, then that's probably a good opportunity for a working relationship with these two. And I think that's a level of maturity that we don't always see in people. Well, Ted, you're so articulate, man. It's like you run a podcast or something like that. That's pretty good. <laughs> hey, what do you do by the way, in your real life? Like uh, if you're allowed to say uh, like, oh, unless, yeah. yeah. Real life. Yeah. So I'm i I'm an account manager at a web development shop. So um, up in Kelowna. You know, yeah, up in Kelowna. So, you know, awesome. if you if you had a, a, a big business and you were you were online and you wanted to make, you know, integrations or modifications to your website and how yeah. you were selling online or or whatever your goals were, I would sort of work with you to figure out what those goals were before we we pitched them off to our development team to sort of make those changes on the website. Amazing. My two favorite places in Kelowna, as you can probably imagine, McCurdy Lanes, because that's where my kids are all the time. And uh, Scandia. Scandia. Oh, yeah. Yes. Very close. Yeah. Just across the street from each other. So you keep your pockets. You keep your pockets tight. <laughs> Here's what we're going to do. Uh, I'm going <laughs> to try and navigate this. People in the <laughs> chat, you can bear with me by starting to type your questions out for Ted. Ted, I'm going to end the chat, uh, end the Zoom, and then just come back in like we've done about eight different times today. You ready? Sounds good, brother. All right, let's do it. 
Think you know what way it's going to go? Why am I Make your bet with Sports on, hold Interaction. On, hold on, hold on. Still learning how this works. So we're going to wait for Ted to come back in. Actually, I have to set it up for him to come back in because he is so articulate. He knows his stuff. And I simply, I don't want to kick him out after 35 minutes, which is kind of by the time I started, uh, stopped talking for my intro, um, how much time we had on Zoom. So I'm going to set this up. And as soon as he's back in, I will, um, I will definitely get him back in here. And then we will answer all Recording in progress. Questions. So yes, you could probably hear all these, all these voices going and stuff like that. And I know it's not the smoothest thing ever when I'm running the show, but we're not talking about, you know, technical prowess here. We're talking about content, right? We're talking about listening to all of you. So we're just waiting for Ted to come back in. And then once he's in, we will make this all happen once again. So thanks for being here. Don't forget to subscribe to SDPN, to like this video. There's 65 of you in here, which is awesome. Only 18 likes. So let's get those up. As I press admit uh, to Ted, uh, I'm admitting to Ted that I want him back for a little bit more. Oh, I see him. And if as soon as I press this button, he should be back on here like magic. We're back. Thanks for doing it. All right, let's do 10 <laughs> minutes of Q&A from all of you. Robert, our SDPN guru, is also here. Thank you for being here. So let's see what kind of questions that you have. Um, in the chat, and I will ask them to Ted because he's a smart guy and he can answer them very, very well. Uh, we'll Justin see. says this, I think listen to offers on Demco. Keep Petey and Hughes and Kuzmenko and sell whatever else you can, even if it's, oh, I just lost the, the comment, even if it's a loss and see what you have for the future core. Give Puck Holes in more ice time and call up Rathbone. There's a lot there. Is there anything in there, uh, Ted, that you would agree or vehemently disagree with? Uh, no, I think, uh, I think you do listen to offers on Demco. I think, uh, that, yeah, you should be keeping anything that's not, was it PD Hughes and Kuzmenko nailed down? I would say, I mean, it's not like they're going to trade Kuzmenko cause they just wrapped him up, but who knows? There's been talk about them possibly trying to trade Miller and he's just got wrapped up. So, wow. uh, I think to me, the only two that players that can be nailed down are, are PD and Hughes and everybody else is, is free reign. Uh, in, in my opinion, the Demko thing's a bit of a funny one because, and Ryan and I talked about this last week on our show. It's uh, it's one of those cases where you're not going to get the proper return for the player because he's not had a great season. And right. the team that that tries to go out and acquire a player like Demko is probably going to be a team that's in a playoff position. Now, if you're a team that's in a playoff position, are you interested in trading an, a first overall draft pick, which is what I feel like they have to give up to get a guy like Demko for a goalie that's not had any kind of track record this year right. and do you want to tie do you want to tie and hitch your playoff success to that right i mean he could he could require require more reclamation past that point during this season so it would be a big gamble and i would be pretty shocked if i was to see demko walk out the door in terms of you know play the young guys like you know play pods and and uh you know give give the young guys lots of ice i'm like 100 on board with that i think that has to be the initiative moving forward so you know good question and I'm, i definitely agree awesome peter asked a question about in terms of pd uh, being the captain, uh, Peter, we've talked about that quite a bit, but yes, we both agree that we think this is PD's team. It's another, you, you can dangle it a little bit when it comes to contract extension talks, but in essence, he's showing both and, and his interview with, with, uh, with Friedman and Merrick today showed, I think, um, how mature he is. And uh, as Ted mentioned, uh, the calcul the, the calculatedness in his responses is not a bad thing. It shows that he's a thoughtful young man. Fangirl asked yeah. this, what were you doing 
so Ted, what were you doing when the Horvat trade was announced? And what was your initial reaction on the return? And now, how do you feel about the return, given that he's actually signed that eight-year, $68 million contract? Yeah, I had a hard time reacting to it other than just being like, what, the Islanders? That doesn't make any sense. Why would he do that, right? Like, so initially I was like, not, nope, not enough, not enough, right? Can I, th- I feel like you become attached to your players sort of just like every other fan does. Yes. And then when you take a second to sort of step back, you're like, actually, you know what? Like, okay, I remember, I remember Bovillier in his early, early years in the Islanders. And I, um, um, like R2 Ratu, I, I did a, a bit of a draft sort of, uh, primer on him two years ago when he was drafted. So, you know, thinking to back to myself, like, Hey, big forward, he's got, he's got a real good shot. He's smart defensively. He's a center. Okay. That's something we needed. Okay. The first round draft pick check. It comes from potentially a really bad team. Another check goes off the board. Oh, it's a protected pick. Oh, another check comes off the board, right? Like <laughs> if it's bad this year, they could be even worse next year. Right. And there's a big chunk of money that went out to Horvat post this point. So as the, the trade is aged and it aged, it's a funny word. Cause it's like been, you know, like a week or so, I think it's looked even better and better for Vancouver. You know, obviously the huge contract that Horvat just signed, you know, 8.5 by eight, massive. Like I think we saw on Canucks army today that it would have just been absolutely lethal for Vancouver to sign him to that contract. And maybe they wanted him over Miller, but they definitely prioritized the other way around. We'll never really know. So instant reaction was a really, was that all drawn out reaction? Yeah, I, I like the deal. I think it's going to age. I think it's going to age well. And and I was at work in the middle of the meeting, so I had to make sure to keep my quiet while it was going on. On that Monday afternoon, Ted, I too was in a meeting, and my <laughs> boss knows that I like to vlog, and I think he knew it was killing uh, me that I couldn't run outside and turn on my phone. By the way, speaking of getting attached to our players, there's a reason why I still have my Bo Horvat picture still up behind me, but I will, I'll be okay. What's fascinating, Ted, is um, I agree with how you put it, my initial reaction was the opposite. I actually thought that given that he could only be a rental for the Islanders, I thought actually the return was good in those three assets, Ratu, Bovillier, and the, the protected first. And then in my head, I thought now that Horvat has signed and they likely were going to sign him, could we have extracted more? But I really like the way you explained it, actually. That's a really good perspective. Thanks, man. Yeah. Speaking of Ratu, I'm so glad that you said that you did that scouting report because someone said... It was Wolf Girl says, what does Ratu project to be as a player? Bottom six, late bloomer, middle six, future Tage Thompson, maybe none of those. What do you see? And what did you see two years ago? I think so. Yeah. When we first started talking about, about Ratu, like we were looking at a guy who I felt probably could have gone somewhere inside the top 10 or 15. Um, that wasn't how it shook out. Had a tough year. There was some development stuff that was going on. Some coach, some people wondered maybe if it was like coaching related or a possible fallout that were happening. There was like other things happening. Who knows? You hear so many different stories about what players are. The Islanders got him, did a good job getting him, have been developing. He came right, he came over to North America right away to play in the AHL, which is like a really good sign, I feel like. And then to watch him sort of pick his game up, he's really repaired, I think, a lot of of doubters or doubts that he's had over the last little bit. So we still got that shot. He's still a big guy. He can still deliver defensively. Uh, I think like a lot of people, and I haven't done scouting on him since back then, but, you know, we hear that skating is something that he's going to have to continue to work on. And as a big body, you can sort of appear to be lumberous and slow at times. He has just to make sure that he's going to have to sort of run that out of his game. Um, 
Yeah, and and can he be a center for this team down the road? This I think this team needs him to be a center. I think everybody's pretty clear on that. Um, so he might be forced into that position and whether he likes it or not. Um, but the NHL level is a little bit different, right? So I think that shot is still there. I think it still can be lethal. So my hope is that we're probably looking at somewhere in in prime potential, you know, you know, a 60 point forward. We're hoping for somewhere to exist in the top six. I think it would be best case scenario if he rounds out for this team as a number two center that you can sort of rely on in, in some defensive matchups, but also provide secondary scoring. Um, but I think you have to be okay with that. I mean, the yeah. fact that he he comes onto this roster and instantly slots in is probably your number one prospect speaks volumes about the fact that he was only selected in the round he was selected in and for the Islanders and then comes over to this squad and takes over. Well, you described Bo Horvat, a second line center that you can rely on for 50 to 60 points and uh, responsible defensively. So I'm willing to uh, I'm willing to give him that time to develop into that. Last question, uh, by the way, um, it was, Harry, you asked about our thoughts on Beauvillier. We actually touched on that about 15 minutes ago, so you don't mind rewinding, and and then we won't repeat ourselves, but we, we both thought he was okay. Uh, not bad for a first game, still gaining chemistry. Last question, this one's from Peter. Thoughts on the, the fact that uh, the management hasn't been able to address the blue line, and do you think that becomes a priority this offseason? Oh, I mean, it has to, I mean, I don't, I don't know who's, I don't know who's going to be available for this team. I haven't done the, the, the free agent list yet this year. So um, I'm curious where that goes, but I don't even know how they address it without moving out money first. So that goes back to that first question of what I want the off season to look like. So we got to move money. That's got to go. Um, so it's a weird answer, Clay, because yeah, it has to be addressed. But I just don't know how. I don't know how they go about doing that. Is it, you know, are they gonna, are they gonna draft only defensemen this this time around? Are they gonna, are, are they gonna take, you know, two two right-handed defenders with these picks coming up in the draft? Right, like yeah. we we still have to figure, you know, um, what's going on with, you know, Ethan Bear um, or or Travis Dermott, yeah. right? I mean. There's a couple of guys who I think have, well, Dermot hasn't really had a chance to show well. So I think negotiating or renegotiating his, his contract is going to be, you know, fairly simple. I don't think he can ask for that much, but, but what's Bear going to ask for? I don't, I think, uh, you know, I was listening to, uh, to, to Sat, Sat Shaw's podcast earlier and Hanson was on there and he had sort of noticed, noted the fact that, you know, you can't get into a game where you're going to, you're going to be in it with a player going through arbitration where he's going to, sort of price himself out. Right. Mm. And I don't think, I, you know, Hanson had noted that you don't really want to be doing this to players who are, you know, taking their, their third and fourth chances with teams because guys don't want to do that. They want to sort of secure something and lock it down. So re-signing bear, I think has to happen, even though these guys don't really move the nerd, the needle, you know, they're not, they're not thermostats, so to speak. <laughs> um, but they have to sort of to pair that out so that they can fill somebody else in that spot alongside them. Right. But I clay, I don't know. I don't know, man. I don't know how that's going to go. I can't see a step forward for how they're going to fix this decor next season or in the off season for that matter. And I agree with you. A lot of people are holding out hope that when Myers gets paid his, his balloon payment, his bonus, that that last year a team might trade for him because he's not owed a lot of cash and it still gets you. If you're a team that needs salary help, uh, you have a lot of room. It helps get you there with that six million. Yeah. There's so many different things, but I think a lot of it's wishful thinking, but I've always said Ted that I'm, willing now with this trade deadline this horvat thing and i'm willing to give rutherford alvin basically this off season so then it'll be a year and a half since they've come in and i'll, I'll really reserve judgment until then because you uh, people are saying in the chat you've referenced it i have to this could be the start this horvat trade could be the sign uh, the start of a, a true recognition and a, uh, that 
they do have to do things a different way. So I'm going to give them that benefit of the doubt, but uh, not much benefit once uh, training camp run uh, comes around again for me. <laughs> well, I mean, at least at least we're on the, the train now where we're we're going to give them now another year, right? I think had had this trade deadline somehow passed and we were looking at locking Horvat up to another huge deal, like a mega deal, like I'm going to call it that. Yeah. Um, I think you know, more of the same. We're not seeing anybody moved off the roster. We're just seeing movie, money move in. And I don't think anybody was going to have patience for that. So they've, they've, you're right. They've, they've, they've drawn a stake in the ground. They've identified that change needs to happen. They've made the first step and now change is happening. I mean, what more change could happen if you trade your captain? Yeah. So I think it's, I think we're ready now and I'm fine to see, I'm fine to see another year as long as we continue to see steps forward. Awesome. Well, I'm fine with you joining me tonight. I want to bring you on again, Ted, you are awesome. Thank you for your time. Thank your family for giving you the time and thanks for, you know, articulating yourself so well. So one more time for everyone out there and then I'll let you go and I'll, I'll wrap everything up. Uh, where can people find you and follow you? Uh, so you can watch us weekly um, on the PP one podcast. That's at the PP one podcast. Um, so myself and Ryan Hank do the show weekly. Um, you can also hit me up on Twitter. So at T E E three R E E. So it's either T three, the way you look at it like that or T three re, which is the other way that people have been mentioning. So um, yeah, give me a follow, jump on. There's always lots to talk about. And I obviously uh, enjoy the interaction. Awesome. Well, this is great. I only bring on good looking Canucks fans because, you know, founder <laughs> GLCPC. So thank you for continuing that trend and coming strong out of the all-star break. Teddy, I will hang up the zoom part. I'll let you get out here, get back to your family. I'll message you later. Thank you once again for your time and attention tonight. We really appreciate it. Thanks, Clay. This was a blast. I really appreciate you. All right, brother. Catch soon. Okay, catch you soon. Bye-bye. Bye. Okay, friends, that was Teddy Wong. Awesome. I hope you follow me. He's a smart, you can tell he's a smart guy, very articulate, and um, we've never actually met in person, but we we interact with each other quite a bit on the internet. So yeah, give him a follow. T3Re, T-E-E-3-R-E-E, because -E -E, uh, he goes by Teddy Wong the third. so I'm pretty sure that's what, at least that's part of his handle. Okay, friends. The Canucks lose five to four. I don't know if that's what you wanted. That's what you didn't want. If you were just happy that Canucks were playing again, Anthony Beauvillier's debut held pointless, just like Horvat was held pointless in the Islanders win over Philly, but the Islanders won. Don't worry. I'm not going to compare bow and bow every single time that I do this show, but it was a natural that, and, and kind of uh, almost fitting that they are both playing at the same time tonight. So on your way out, Make sure you hit the subscribe button. Make sure you like the video and continue to follow SDPN as well. You can subscribe to me both on YouTube and on Twitter at Canuck Clay. I do my own show every night, well, Sunday through Thursday at 11 p.m. Pacific time. I'll be doing one tonight. So if you want even more Canucks talk, you're welcome to join me then. And in the middle, I'm working on a special surprise project with someone who actually was in the chat today, but I can't say too much. I'll let that person share when it's time. Wednesday, it's Kaya hosting Game Over Vancouver, connects them against the Rangers. Thursday, it's Sam hosting Game Over Vancouver, Vancouver against the Islanders, Bo Horvat, Beauvillier. And then I'm back here on Saturday when the Canucks play against the Red Wings. So thank you for being here. We appreciate you. Make sure that you uh, subscribe, like the video. And if you're listening on a podcast platform, make sure you rate and review as well. As always, stay safe, stay healthy, take care of yourselves, and take care of each other. And by the way, I'm not sure if I told you, but before I met Gil, I asked a, a girl in high school on a date, 
And she told me that I had a face like the back of a boat. Now, I didn't really reply, but I did give her a stern look. Take care and go Canucks go. Good night, everyone. Game over! Powered by Sports Interaction, Canada Sportsbook.